Hello and welcome back to Your Money, Your Mission, the show that helps you maximize your wealth by turning complex financial situations into actionable advice. Uh, Let's go to today's caller. Hi, Kelly. My husband and I have an estate plan, but honestly, it was done over 20 years ago when our children were small and our financial circumstances were very different. Our business did better than we ever imagined, and now we plan to transition out of the business and retire. It's important that we do the right things by our children, ourselves, our church, and several other causes we think are important. We've heard the horror stories when planning is done poorly. What should we be considering as we prepare to meet with our attorney? Thank you so much for this question. It's a really important topic, and with me today is Joe Meyer. Joe is an attorney and also our Director of Wealth Strategy at Johnson Financial Group. Joe has extensive experience in estate and financial planning and is also the resident expert on what we refer to as legacy planning. Joe, thank you so much for being with me today. Can you give our caller some advice on this? Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me, Kelly. It's a really thoughtful question. I've got two answers. One is an anecdote and the other one's a story. So the anecdote is by happenstance. I had uh, coffee today with a local attorney in town, a really good, really well thought of, really sort of legendary attorney. And we were talking about this. We were talking about estate planning. And she said something to me that resonated with me that I would certainly share with the caller. And that is, um, we got to get away from thinking that estate planning is about important stuff it's about the stuff that's important. So I would start there, right? So think less about the stuff and more about what's important to you. Um, The other thing I would share is this, because I think we spend too much time talking about estate planning. Um, And so we could look at a dictionary definition of what estate means, and it would be a pretty boring definition. It would be about a bunch of things, right? Um, And it would be focused on distribution. I think we need to start and I, I would share this with the caller. So in getting the caller prepared to have a good plan, because that's what she's saying, Let, how do we have a good plan, a meaningful plan? Um, I would say stop talking about estate planning and start talking about legacy. So what's the difference between the two? Um, and that's where I wanted to talk a little bit about a story. And I hope I get through this one, because this one's going to be a little tough on me. Um, but my grandparents, um, I, I was the child of a single teenage mom. And so uh, two of the most influential people in my life are my grandparents. And my grandparents passed away. Now they had a good, long, rich life. They lived to 95 and actually died within a month of each other as couples sometimes do, because you know they had a good, long, rich life and didn't want to face life without each other. So when they, when they passed away though, they uh, left me a little something. Knew I didn't need it, um, but they just wanted to leave me a little something. And so I took that little something um, and uh, we bought a tiki bar in our backyard. So we had a tiki bar constructed in our backyard. And the reason we bought a tiki bar is we thought it would be, um, it would honor the legacy and memory of our grandparents, of my grandparents really well. My grandfather was the kind of person that just liked to be around people and have fun. Um, He was all about community. He was all about family. And so we created this tiki bar and we, we, have, we have communities and families and people out all the time and we enjoy it. We have a sign behind the tiki bar that uh, my grandparents' names were Bill and Eleanor and it says Bill and L's Tiki Bar uh, established in 2021. And uh, so every Friday uh, I go out to the tiki bar, at least when it's warm out, I go out to the tiki bar and my grandfather used to always start a party out. He would have a little 
shot of something, usually tequila, and he would say skull. I don't know why he said skull. He wasn't a Vikings fan, but for whatever reason, <laughs> that resonated with him. So uh, he would say skull and have a little shot. So every Friday after work, after a long week, right, I go out and I take that shot and I say skull in, my, in memory of my grandfather, memory of Bill. And so what does that all mean? The little bit of something he left me, the money he left me, mm-hmm. that's estate plan. The tiki bar feels like it's legacy, but it's honestly estate planning too because it's just stuff. Mm-hmm. The shot of tequila is getting closer, but that's still estate, right? It's just stuff. The fact that I get to remember my grandfather every Friday, that's legacy. And, and that's what's important. I think when you think about the imp- what really this is all about, is the impact, the positive impact you want to make on the people that you care about. So the thing I would recommend to the caller is don't worry about the stuff right now. Worry about the people. Worry about the impact. Think about what you want for them, not just economically, but emotionally when you're not there. And make sure that you have the right team around you that can pull that all together. so that's what, I would, that's what I would say to the caller. Think about things that maybe you don't naturally think about, but they're the most important things. So you mentioned make sure the right team is all around you. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give her for pulling that team together? Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot that goes into that. There is the team as a whole, and we'll talk about who the members of that team should be, could right. be. Um, the team as a whole, you got to make sure, again, I highly encourage people, make sure they're asking you the right questions. If they're asking you simply about taxes and stuff and distribution and beneficiaries and all that stuff that we talk about, and that's where they're beginning, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure you have the right team. If they're asking you about who questions, why questions, what it means to you, what you want for people, why you want it for people, then you got the right team. So that team collectively asks those questions. But the people on the team is, there's, a, there's an element of financial analysis. Um, when you think about what you want for people, and there is, uh, ultimately it does come down to economic questions. Make sure you have the right person on your team, the right people on your team that can translate what you leave into the things you want for people into the impact that you want to make, the legacy you want to create. So make sure that you have some financial analysis on the team, Um, you know, a financial advisor. Um, You should have an attorney on the team. Uh, Attorneys are the only people that can draft the documents that get it done, right? The only people that can make sure the right people get the right property in the right way. And we're maximizing impact and minimizing um, problems, issues, Mm -hmm. concerns, complications. Um, and then it really goes from there. It just depends, right? There, you, you may have, you may want to have an accountant as part of the team because there's going to be some inordinate tax consequences as part of the transition of assets. You might want a family consultant as part of the team. I know that one of the questions was about a business owner, and I know they were selling the business, but if you're transitioning a business, you think about that. That business, generally, I've worked with a lot of business owners in my career, and the success of transferring a business is making sure that that business is an economic asset, provides those economic things you want for the people you care about. Well, you know this, Kelly. A business is only as valuable as the decisions that are made, and the, the decisions that are made are only as good as the people making the decisions. So I think to some extent, right, part of what we don't think about is having somebody that has some understanding and empathy of working with 
businesses, making sure the right structures in place to make sure business decisions are made correctly, and working with families because, well, you know, at ultimately at the end of the day, the owners of that business are going to, they all grew up together, right? So, and there's, there's right. complications. There's, by the way, that can be really powerful. Right. Uh, we work for, a, right? We work for a powerful family that owns a powerful set of family businesses that did it the right way. Um, but it can also be complicating too, right? There's a lot of baggage that family members sometimes carry around. So again, I, I think that's probably the right team. And I think, again, if you get the right advisor and the right attorney together and they're thinking collaboratively and working collaboratively, if there's other members of the team that need to be brought in, they can certainly help with that. Joe, in working with you, you say family as client a lot. Is that what you're referring to when you talk about family, this, this extended look deeper into these relationships and what's impacting it? Yeah, I think there, I think I say, well, I know I say that for two reasons. Number one is if you think about who your client is, and we think about this a lot, right? Number one, you're thinking about who makes decisions. And the other thing is you're thinking about who's impacted by the assets, right? We spend a lot of time advising assets, not advising people. I'd suggest we do it the opposite. We start advising people and how the assets impact them. So if you think about advising people, um, it's not uncommon um, for mom and dad to say, ultimately, there's a multi-generational assets. Ultimately, 80% of what we have is going to eventually impact people other than us. It's going to impact kids, grandkids, and so on. So we want them to be part of the decision. We want them to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're analyzing it, what the consequences are of it, the assumptions that we're building in, because these are family assets, ultimately, and we want the family to make the decisions. But even in, you know, even in situations where we don't want that, right? Mom and dad want to make all the decisions. They're more private, for example. We still need to think about the family as the client because, again, in that same economic situation, 80% of the impact those assets are going to make are going to be made on the people who aren't in the room with us. And I think we at least need to be thoughtful about, we need to ask questions about, we need to figure out impact of people right, that are outside of that room. And we got to think about the, that impact in a way of thinking of the whole family as our client. So, Joe, we talked earlier that you had been in, uh, practicing a, a state attorney for some years. Um, how is the role that you have now different from that? So I'm going to go back to my coffee conversation this morning because I think it was enlightening because it allowed me to talk a little bit with empathy about what uh, the person's name is Katie, the attorney's name is Katie, what Katie does and a little bit about her helping me understand what we can do better to be a good partner to her and to other attorneys. And I think it really comes down to two things. Number one, everyone needs to work with the client to uncover what I'll call uncover and capture the story, right? Who you want to impact, how you want to impact them, why that's important to you. Those things that go down, right, that those words we throw around like values and goals, I think everyone needs to work together to pull that together because, you know, we, we all see situations where one set of advisors pull values and goals and then communicate to another set of advisors, and there's always something lost in translation. Hearing it directly from the client, reading the nonverbals, hearing the tone in their voice that changes on what's important to them, it's important we all pull that together. Our role really is, um, and again, the role I know that attorneys would love us to play and we need to play really well, is the is the scenario planning around the impact that the assets can make. So really running some deep financial analysis on um, things like I want to provide for the next several generations of education. I want to be an op I want to, I want my assets to be a bank, if you would. 
um, for family members that are suffering financially or have great opportunities, entrepreneurial opportunities. We don't want we don't want our family, we want our family to struggle, but we don't want them to be scared. That's that's a common value that I hear all the time. So I think we can be really good at positioning assets, doing economic analysis and positioning assets to make sure that what matters to the clients can be accomplished. The attorneys, of course, are very good at creating the structure that gets it done. And if we work collaboratively, that's everything, right? Uncovering and capturing the story together doing the analysis on what goes where, for lack of a better description, to accomplish all the goals, and then making sure we have the right structure built so that those goals are accomplished well. That's great advice. And for those that are about to engage in this legacy planning, I bet you have some pitfalls that you can warn them about so that as they engage in this, they have better likelihood of success. What would some of those be, Joe? So the number one, and this is an interesting one because... The, when you talk about pitfalls, right, it's, you almost think about them as the exceptions. This becomes the rule more than the exception. So this is a pitfall that more than, in my experience, probably 70% of clients fall into, and that is not communicating with the people that they want to impact. Um, when it comes to, again, just take that example, which is not a rare example that 80% of the assets are going to be left, 20% of the assets are going to be spent, um, not having a communication with the people that are going to get the assets about what's important to you, why it's important to you, how it's important to you, what you want for them as human beings. Um, not having those conversations, not having a sense of understanding and empathy, not getting the feedback of the people that you want to impact because that feedback would actually enhance that impact. That's probably the number one error that people make. And, and, there's a lot of reasons for that, right? We, there's privacy reasons, there's uncomfortable reasons, there's, I don't want to talk about death reasons, I don't want to force my family and my kids to think about me dying reasons. So there's a lot of real human emotion that goes into not having those conversations. But those conversations are mission critical. And you can see the distinction between, the distinction in success and happiness, right? Happiness right. between families that communicate around those things and families that don't. I think the second thing that people do is, it, it probably doesn't surprise you, but it surprises, right? It, it's a surprising statistic, probably doesn't surprise you given what you do, it didn't surprise me, but 70% of people don't have even the most basic estate planning documents. And I, I will tell you, watching assets transition without even basic estate planning documents, much less really good estate planning documents, is a little nightmarish. It's, it's, it's hard work, it's complicated work, it's sad work, it takes too long. Um, it, it's, you spend a lot of money and a lot of time on things that not only don't matter, but things that cause frustration. And again, mm -hmm. if at the end of the day, what we want for the people we care about is positive emotion, right. we're creating negative emotion. Um, I think the third is, and I'll go back to my working with families, um, there is the best family business transitions come from a place of separating how you think about the asset, the business, and how you think about the relationships, kids, grandkids, et cetera. Um, there's a statistic that I, I'm sure I'm right on this one. 10% of wealth gets from the third, first generation down to the third. So 90% of wealth is destroyed within three generations. You put family businesses on top of that and it goes to 3%. 
3% of family businesses are still alive in the third generation. You might say, well, that's because they're sold. That takes positive sales out of the equation. So we ruin family businesses. We ruin wealth within three generations. And the reason for that almost always is we position people to, we position people and we give them accountability and authority over things they're not ready for and over things they don't want to do. Um, so separating how we think about the ownership of an asset versus the decisions made to drive the value of the asset is a huge mistake that people make. And it's one that, again, having the right advisors that talk about separate decision-making from how we use the income from the asset, uh, that's critically important. So I would say those are the top three that sort of at the top of my mind. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really helpful information. appreciate I having you. Love spending time with Kelly. And thank you to everyone listening to Your Money, Your Mission. If you have a question wherever you are listening to this episode, you can simply go to the show notes and it will say submit a question. Click on the link, write your question, and hit submit. Also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes of Your Money, Your Mission, the podcast designed to turn complex financial situations into actionable advice, powered by Johnson Financial Group. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended as advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any investment or product. The information described herein is dependent upon the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Please consult with your own professional advisors before acting on any information described in this podcast. Products and services offered by these Johnson Financial Group companies, Johnson Bank and Johnson Wealth Inc. together, Johnson Financial Group. Additional information about Johnson Wealth Inc., a registered investment advisor and its investment advisor representatives is available at advisorinfo.sec.gov. Johnson Financial Group does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your own legal or tax professionals with respect to your individual situation. Not FDIC insured, no bank guarantee, may lose value.